0: Jason, once again, today's episode is brought to the fine people of Lee's Summit by Budget Blinds of Lee's Summit.
1: Budget Blinds!
0: Hey, Jason, I, I I know we've said this a few times before, but it bears repeating. Fourth Friday Art Walk in Downtown is coming up this weekend, this Friday, and our friends at Budget Blinds have a special event just for the people, and for for a a special cause. Art for a pause. That's right. Art for a pause. Our friends at Budget Blinds are helping support the KC Pet Project this time.
1: Everybody loves them dogs. So this is a cool, cool deal. First of all, it's Fourth Friday, so it's a good time downtown. But this event will have a guest artist, Ashley Corbello. Uh, She specializes in pet portraits. so And you may have seen her work if you are a... A peruser of art fairs, you may have seen her in Lee Summit Summit Art Fair or the Westport Art Festival. Uh, she she will be there doing uh, making pet portraits and, and doing those sorts of things. And in addition to the to the live ones, take a look at the wall. She's got some pretty
0: cool pieces of art that are already hanging on the wall there at Budget Blinds.
1: So there you go. Uh, there'll be some T-shirts from Mission Driven Goods uh, that will be available there as well.
0: And as an added attraction, here's a nice thing. Specialty drinks provided by the W Speakeasy Bar. However, however, these special drinks, guys, it's a reward. It's a reward for bringing a donation in for KC Pet Project. Jason, where can they go to see some of the things that KC Pet Project is in need of?
1: Well, they could go to a website. For instance, perhaps kcpetproject.org will have a list of, if you click through into there, they'll have a list of items that they need. Of course, you're always welcome to give a cash donation. Uh, every nonprofit in the world will they take do that. take cash. We do take, all nonprofits will take cash. Um, in addition to all that, so not only can you go on the 28th and support that, but you could go in this week or on the 28th and buy some blinds and $1 from every blind you purchase during the month of June will be donated from budget blinds to Casey pet project. So they are, they're going to donate from their own proceeds. They're folding this, this fundraiser and a uh, stuff raiser and, and making plenty of opportunities for you, the good people of Lee summit to join them. The good people of budget blinds to help this fine, fine charity, and this is why they are—I mean, truly our
0: friends. They're great sponsors of, of this show, but this is why they're—they are, they are our friends, as they are always, always, always doing things for the community. So, a big thank you and a link to Lee summit. Good on you to our friends at Budget Blinds, guys. Go see them right in the heart of downtown. Tell them Jason Nick sent you. Hello, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall. This is our Friday conversation. With me today is John Hardesty. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you. Now, John, I know you a little bit. We both serve on the Lee Summit Arts Council, and so we've, we've got to know each other just a little bit. At our June meeting that we had just this past week, uh, I heard an announcement you made that you have a concert coming up where you are going to perform piano and, I believe, sing. No, I am not a vocalist. You're not a vocalist, no, okay. You do not want to hear me sing. <laughs> my fingers do my singing. <laughs> well, I had heard some, you know, when you when you first came on the council, and I think when it's been three months now, four months? Something like yes. yes. Uh, that that you have a background in music as a pianist, as a composer. So I thought it would be kind of fun to come on, have you come on the show a little bit, and we talk a little bit about music. I am in awe of those with music artistic talents. Um, I have about a smidge of, of, of talent. I do stick figures really well, as long as I have a ruler so that they can be straight lines. And that's about, that's about it. I I have a little background in strings. I played cello as a kid, but, um, to be able to write music, to make music and not just play what other people write is, is to me an incredible talent and one that I, I, I respect a lot. And I don't get, I don't know how you do that. So um, let's just start a little bit at the beginning. How, you know, how did you start into music? What is, what is it that draws you in? Well, to begin with, I'm grateful that I,
2: that I was blessed with some kind of a gene, I guess. <clears throat> I actually was adopted when I was about six weeks old, and I found out only a, a few years ago that my birth mother was a pianist. She played piano and organ, has played all her life. I've never met her, and I won't um but um, i discovered that she had this ability and she was living with my adoptive grandparents at the time uh, that they all gathered for a thanksgiving dinner and i was born then on december 8th following so i had a front row seat for all that music and when i was six years old we had uh, my family had moved back to texas uh, from Washington, D.C., and and uh, one of our neighbors called my mom one day, and she said, I didn't know John played the piano, and my mother said, he doesn't. <laughs> and so this lady said, well, you might want to come down and listen. He's sitting in my living room playing my piano right now. So my mom came in the back door, and sure enough, I guess I was playing something I had heard on the radio. I have no idea. But that's the first time that anybody was aware
0: that I could play piano. Have you... Did you realize then or I guess how did that kind of evolve that you 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 found that you could you could hear something and then recreate it whether you're sitting at a piano or 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 whatever but that's that's not something all of us can do. That's true and
2: I you know I don't I'm not sure exactly how I do that. I mean what I do now <clears throat> is really a lot more than that uh, because I don't really Sit and play things that I hear. What I do is I create things in the moment. Uh, for instance, when I was, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was still living in Houston, there was a nonprofit organization there called uh, St. Julian Press, and it was um, formed to uh, promote poets and their their work. And they had, once a quarter they would have an evening of music and poetry. And I was the music. And I would sit and listen to these poets read their poems, usually three or four at a time. And then I would do a musical interpretation of what I had just heard. And so that's what I'm going to be doing on this concert, Uh, not listening to poetry, but I will be doing solos that I'm creating in that moment that I've never played before.
0: That's almost a... uh... Almost like a like a like a, a jazz approach to things to where you you allow the improvisation to happen.
2: I guess it is, and, and I'm not a jazz pianist and I'm not a classical pianist. I'm someplace in the middle I tell people I'm kind of a mix of of Yanni and John Tesh and Jim Brickman.
0: Well it's it's funny. So before you before you came in, I went to your website and I, I, I listened to some of the music that you have. And by the way, John Hardesty on iTunes. You can go find it. <laughs> But I listened to some of it, and so I'm going to ask you this because I caught maybe a hint, some influence of uh, to me maybe some 70s and 80s musicals, kind of like just mm. that influence there of that style. Of, am I close there? Am I?
2: Again, you know, I I'm not sure where all this comes from. I just it, it just downloads, and uh, people ask me, you know, what I do. One of the things I say is I channel the divine. I get out of the way. And I just allow this music to emerge through me.
0: I'm I'm just the vessel, and so. um, Well, what's that moment (laughs) like? Is it? um, I mean, do you do you? Is it a process where you sit down and hey, I'm going to create something, or is there is there a moment of I got to get this out? I've got an idea. Is it when you're listening to something, you just feel a little inspiration? What's the, what I guess what is your process like?
2: Well, it's different from from when I'm just creating in the moment at the keyboard and when I'm actually writing say lyrics for a song or uh, and that's what I do first is the lyrics and then I sit down and the song usually writes itself the the music usually comes and so um, it it, that's different because you know I am thinking okay now what's going to work here but when I'm just sitting there playing the piano it I don't I have no idea what I'm gonna play next, and I'm not really thinking about it. That's what's interesting. One, one time in Houston, I did a, a concert with a, um, a violinist, and we talked to the audience about how each of us did what we do. And, and and I so I just said what I just told you. I just allow it. I don't think about it at all. It just happens. He on the other hand is as he's playing, he's going, okay, that sounds pretty good. I think let's see, what can I do next? You know? so it's it's like I I was astounded at as his process, given how given how simple mine is. It's just there's really
0: not any thought to it. Um, so when you're re- when you're recording because you you have recorded albums, you've put things out, and when yes. you're working toward a show like you're doing now, is there? <clears throat> Is there some you let it just kind of flow out, and then you go back and tweak, or are you just, this is what came out, and that's what it is?
2: This is what came out, and that's what it is. So I
0: how do you point. prepare for a concert like you're, like you're planning next month? And and, and, and we'll, we'll take a quick pause, because I want to make sure we get this out there. It's July 26th at 7.30, and it's going to be at the 1900 building, which is in Shawnee, Kansas. So, so how do you prepare? Well, I just sit down and play, just... It's it's a
2: matter of it's sort of like practicing scales, but I'm just practicing playing, and I just play all different kinds of kinds of styles and in different keys and just it's kind of exor- like doing exercise, you know, to get your muscles in shape. Right. That's really basically all it is, because when I've recorded in the studio, for instance, I've got a couple of of CDs that. Um, I walk in, sit down, and I just create one song after another song, after another song, and it's one take. That's it. And there is no sheet music for any of that. It's this, like you said, this is what you get. So that's what I'm going to be doing at the concert. And I have some cohorts that will be assisting me. One of them is Max Dyer. Who is a cellist, longtime cellist with the Houston Ballet Orchestra, which, by the
0: way, is the best of all string instruments. Let's just put
2: that out I, there. I agree. Okay, I agree
0: completely. Now, now we can stay friends. Yes,
2: and uh, Max is just Max is one of the most incredible improvisationalists I've ever heard. He can play anything. He's been on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people's CDs, pro- CD projects, and. Um, when I met him, I met him through the engineer that was uh, helping me record my CDs and I called Randy and I said, you know, I want to do a concert and I, I want somebody else. I want, don't want it to just be me. And I said, maybe a, a, a violin or a cello or something. And he said, I know a guy that plays cello. You need to call him. So I did. And Max came over and got his instrument out and he said, so play. So I just played. I just created something. And then when I finished, he looked at me and he said, how did you do that? And I said, I don't know. (laughs) And he said, no, really. How did you do that? And I said, well, I guess the best way to describe it is I just got out of the way and let it emerge. And he stood up at at the concert that we wound up doing together a few weeks later. And he said to everybody, he said, this is what. John said, and he said, "What I know about John is he's let go of a lot of things in his his life to be who he is now."
0: I don't know that I've ever heard that line. I just got out of the way. I don't know if I've ever heard that with with music before. Mm. I've I've heard some other artists say it. I've heard, I've definitely heard writers say it about about telling their stories and and stuff. So it's it's interesting to hear me say that, hear you say that about about your music. So how do you do that when you you play with somebody else when you do a duet? Because look. I understand that, that jazz artists have done that forever. I, I understand that that's what they do. I don't understand how they do it, because I think of duets that I played long ago when I when I was was a sort of musician. Um, I did what my mommy told me to do. What I don't what I what I don't don't get is how you how you can improvise with a partner. You don't know where they're going. And if they're improvising as, as well, how do you keep it together? Because, look, the best duets, the great duets are well-planned. I mean, it's a strategy of blending voices or tones. So I, I'm really kind of at a loss of how do you do that?
2: That's a great question. And I don't know whether I know how to answer it or not. Because all I know is, for instance, when Max and I play together, we have this chemistry that's just amazing. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do next, and I'm certainly – I'm listening. I think that the key to it is listening, because if you don't listen, you know, you're just focused on you, and that's not going to work. Um, so – but, but I, I feel like I take the lead for the most part when he and I play together, but there will come a time when I know – I need to back away and let him be the solo voice, and so I will create something that undergirds what he what he's doing, and it's just it's just an automatic process that it works. I mean, I I can't explain it any better than you can.
0: Do you do you find yourself? Do you exchange like glances at each other? Are there are there subtle signals maybe that you send, or is it is it really just kind of in the moment? and You've got that rapport already built up that you you kind of you get a feel for where he's gonna go
2: I think it's more that because m- most of the time Max is sitting behind me and and so I I don't see I know the cello
0: always gets put in the back
2: <laughs> no to the side <laughs> but I remember a concert that we did in Houston uh, and I was kind of upset when when the concert started and I won't go into any details but Anyway I was and so when um, I got back on track by doing a solo that was not the first thing that that was the second number being my solo it was a it was a mass uh, ensemble thing uh, for the to start the concert so I did a solo that calmed me down and then he came on stage and he was behind me like I said I was on the piano bench and I was sitting there just contemplating okay you know what will this be and all of a sudden i hear him going and he's trying to get my attention and and he he realized i think that i was not in a good place and he was just trying to somehow take the edge off (laughs) and i was ignoring him but he kept on and finally it, it made me relax and so and then we just we did an amazing number after that.
0: That sounds uh, a little bit back to what you said earlier—that it's about listening. It is, and that's—and that's I. That is a parallel, probably to to every kind of relationship that you can you can make with somebody. Absolutely, absolutely,
2: and it certainly makes sense when you when you talk about jazz. And I really I don't know much about jazz. Uh, I'm very respectful of jazz players. I just I'm in, I'm I I like awe. it. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. I am I'm, I'm in awe, but I know what I do know is that they have to listen to one another. And that's that's a key point, I think.
0: I, I and I've been to some like I said, I like it. I don't understand how it happens, and I'm I'm glad it does. And, but I've been to some concerts and some shows and I just it, it it's amazing to me to watch these people walk onto a stage and I and I'm assuming we're going to see the same thing with you at this one where just people come on a stage and just just play. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing to me. That's, that, is a, that is a talent that I don't understand, but I'm glad it exists somewhere with someone, and I reserve the right to stay jealous that it doesn't exist within me.
2: Um, <laughs> well, let me say this. Those of us who do very much need those of you who really appreciate. You know, we, we need an audience that's, that loves what we do.
0: Let me. Are there are there influences? We kind of hinted at this earlier, and you put yourself kind of in, in the vein of a of a Yanni and a John Tesh. Are are there are, are those influences for you? Are there influences? Is there music that you listen to that kind of gets that creative juice flowing? Well, I uh, my parents
2: had a fantastic collection of classical records. They were seventy eight RPMs when I was a kid. And when I would get fussy, my mom said she would put me in my playpen and put a stack of those on the record player. And she said I would get in the best mood in no time flat. And so I know that classical has been, a you know, the sounds of that have influenced me uh, since day one. I also played piano and organ in church almost my entire life. And so that was also an influence. I don't really have, um, I, I listen to uh, watercolors a lot on my, in my car on the radio, just, and I, uh, and Spa, I think also is a different channel. I just, very calming music. And, and I love classical, love to go to the symphony. Um, but I don't listen to a lot of um, pop or rock or anything like that. As a matter of fact, my, my wife is, just an expert on all the music from the 60s 70s 80s 90s she can sing all the songs and and even when I started a a corporate career years ago I would have a classical station on in my office just to keep me calm (laughs) because I shouldn't have been in that office to begin with I should have been at the piano but um, anyway yeah I I don't listen to a lot of music and, and I think one of the reasons that I don't is because i don't want to start doing what i did when i began like playing something by ear that i heard it's important to me to create something that's mine that you know
0: um so you don't enjoy playing other people's music at all
2: well i won't say that because i do a lot of that i play at a lot of uh, retirement centers around the kansas city area and i play cover music from the 1930s all the way up to current stuff so yes i do enjoy doing that but i don't listen to it i don't okay
0: that makes sense yeah um you you just you talked a little bit about you didn't belong in the corporate world when you had that job And, and i and i read some on your website that talked about how when you left and you 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 made a conscious effort to 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 get focus on music what was, uh, what, was that a, when you left that corporate job, was that a, was was, was the music part of that decision? What was that, what was that like for you?
2: I think it was, I, <clears throat> I somehow knew that if I didn't leave that job, I would leave the planet. I was so stressed in that job. Uh, I just, I didn't belong there. And I hadn't had the courage to leave. I, I did all that uh, to please my father. And he had been dead since 1974, and we're talking the year 2000 here. So I, 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 I was in the job to support my family, basically, but it was not feeding my soul. And as a matter of fact, one of the guys that I had worked with for, for a number of years came to that first concert that Max and, and Julia, the soprano that's gonna be with us on the 26th as well, we did uh, my first concert together in Houston, and this guy came up on stage afterward, and he said, "What the heck were you doing in the tax business?" And I said, "Well, I, I was that. feeding my family." I said, "Now I'm feeding my soul," and he said, "Well, don't quit."
0: <laughs> That's a that is a a nice bit of of encouragement, absolutely from, from a friend absolutely. and someone that you worked with to yes. say to give you that that nod of you're doing a good thing for you. Yes. You, um, on your website, uh, the, well, uh, okay, I'll admit, I didn't go to this one first. The first one I went to was the, the one that said duet with a cello, because cello. So the next one I went to, though, was a, was a live recording, and it was, it was one of the things you said right before, as you said, what would an evening with me be like without the mention of love? And that, uh, that kind of thing, as I clicked through your site, seemed to be a repetitive theme. It is. Is there, is there something to that that you're, you're writing to?
2: yes absolutely one of the things i do uh, one of the things i love best is writing songs for people's weddings and i uh, i interview them find out about each of them individually and as a couple and then i create something about them and um uh I wrote, uh, I wrote my wife a song for our wedding, it's on my website too, it's called When I Think of Love, and she thinks it's the most beautiful song in the whole world. And the first song I ever wrote for her, she was gonna have a birthday, and I said, what do you want for your birthday? And she said, write me a song. And I said, okay, and I haven't been writing songs that long, I didn't, I tried for years and just couldn't get there with the lyrics, mostly. And so I went to Julia, this, this friend of mine who's a soprano that's going to be singing with me, and I said, you know, I just can't do this. I don't know how to. And she said, oh, here. She took a piece of notebook paper. And she had taken a class on songwriting. And she starts writing down stuff and this, that, and the other. And I went, I can do that. And I just gave myself permission in that moment, I guess.
0: And did stopped. you get out of the way?
2: Yeah, I did. And I stopped telling myself that I couldn't do it. And so the lyrics just started rolling out. And so I wrote a song for Marilyn for her birthday called Wondrous Love. So there's just love is a big theme for me. Uh, love is very important to me. I think that love is the most important thing on the planet. And the more I can write about it and play it, the, the, the greater difference I think I can make.
0: Does the definition change the more you write, the more you think about it, the more you, the more you actually love? yes it does it gets deeper and deeper and deeper you said you said writing the lyrics that that doesn't come easily naturally for you that you've you've grown you've grown into it have you gotten to a point where the words the 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 verbal poetry plays the same role as the music
2: that's an interesting question i hadn't really thought about that um Um, sometimes it does some, yes, some, some of my songs I think are just really powerful. They're, they're about living life and, and doing it, um, with grace and ease and, um, in spite of all of our obstacles, because there are obstacles to living with grace and ease. But I believe that you can do that. And so that's one of the things I communicate in some of the songs I write. And, um, and I write about the beauty all around us and possibility. I love to write about possibility.
0: What is that to you?
2: That, that is limitless opportunity that each of us has. So many people just shut down for whatever reason we start telling ourselves stories about our lives we start becoming victims to what happens and we think it's happening to us and it's not it's happening through us and we have to take responsibility for that we're not really victims but a lot of people can't get out of that and so what I try to express in 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 writing these lyrics is no you can get out of that it's a choice and it's so much more powerful to think yes I can then no I can't and I, believe me I'm a human being just like everybody else and I tell myself no I can't plenty but I've had enough training now to know yes I can in spite of everything as a matter of fact this concert that i'm doing on the 26th the title of it is say yes to life
0: is um was the music your path out of you know you you talk about you use the word victim and i think i think everybody has something in their life where they could they could claim that role was the music your path out of that yes absolutely (laughs) thanks for asking yes so here's the, here's the big question. When you are writing, when you, when you, when you meet a couple and you're going to write for them, or when, when your wife Marilyn says, John, make me some music, <laughs> write about me, what comes first, the lyrics or the music? The lyrics, usually. Uh, and I just I think
2: I'm just sort of in, a, in the habit of doing that. Uh, again, I could sit down if somebody asked me to and just create something right there for them. Uh, just out of the conversation just like I did out of listening to the poetry being read so that could come first but for to me it seems a lot more difficult to put lyrics to something that I've already written than to have the music accompany the lyrics
0: do you do you like poetry
2: I do I'm not a huge fan but I do yeah some poetry
0: I just think is amazing what what I guess what style what type of thing appeals to you now you're. Kind I'm gonna of, put you on the spot. Yeah, you. That's what I do every once yeah,
2: in a while. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. Um, really about um, beauty for one thing, love obviously, um, and I love to read things about overcoming. About you know again possibility.
0: That's just such a, an important aspect of life for me. Are you better at it now than when you started? D- d- does writing the poetry, the the words, does that come easier? I think it does a little bit anyway. Yeah. Once I once I
2: told myself I could, it it got pretty easy. As a matter of fact, I one of the songs I've written that it's called Stepping into Greatness. Um I wrote in the middle of the night on a cruise out in the Gulf of Mexico and um I just woke up about 3 o'clock in the morning and couldn't go back to sleep. And I knew there was something brewing and I couldn't figure out what it was and so I got dressed and started walking the decks and uh, I was pretty much by myself and I located the library on this ship and sat down and got out my pad and pencil and I started writing and crying and writing and crying and I thought, this is my life that I'm writing here. And then I went, wait a minute, this is everybody's life. And so I think you'll be interested to hear this song when, when you come to the concert. It's, it's amazing. It's all about starting out in obstacles and then seeing what's possible.
0: Well, let me ask this, because you just said earlier in the show, earlier in this interview, you, you, you talked about how the, the music isn't done. Before you go in, so are you going to be writing to this these lyrics while you? I mean, are you are you playing creating the the music for the lyrics?
2: No, not in the concert. The concert's going to be it's it, the the instrumentals will be the improvisations, right? But the the songs that are going to be sung, I've already written,
0: right? But you're but the music hasn't been hasn't oh, yes. been made yet.
2: Yes, 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 it has. Oh, okay. Yeah, the lyrics are written, and I wrote the accompaniment, the instrumental oh, okay. accompaniment, and so I will simply be accompanying either the tenor or the
0: soprano who are singing this. Okay, I understand that. Yes. Now, now I was just about to you know, mind-blown again. That, like, if, <laughs> okay, no. here's the lyrics I'm just going to play. No. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: maybe I could. I don't know. I've not tried that.
0: Is it um, – well, that's a, uh, uh, that makes me curious, <laughs> then. Is that a different process for you to create the accompanying music? for a song that you've written because your, your usual, your, your process is to just sit down and let it happen. Does it still work that way even though you've written lyrics, or is there more of a me- methodology to it when you're writing accompaniment?
2: There has to be more of a methodology to it simply because there, you've got some restrictions given, given the words and the length of the sentences and whatever, you know, and you've got to fit things into uh, whatever the tempo is. Uh, so all of that is, is a little constrictive as far as, as creating music. But, and I shouldn't even say constrictive. It's, it just gives you a, more of a structure than what I use when I uh, improvise.
0: Do you, do you feel a little constricted by structure? I
2: don't, I, no, I, I don't let myself feel constricted. I mean, I, I still I know I'm creating, and that's exciting to me. It's, it's not as exciting as not knowing what the heck's going to come next, but, but I really don't know that when I'm writing uh, accompaniment for lyrics to begin with. And that changes. I mean, I'll work on one or two measures. It, I'll change the the notes I'm putting in or the, the, the like, maybe I've had a half note and two quarters. I might change that to a dotted half and a couple of eighths or something like that or change the pitch or, you know... Uh, it's a creative process, and it is completely different than just improvising.
0: Is it, is it just as fun for you? No. <laughs> no. Do you, do you, in the end, get maybe the same sense of, of pleasure when it's done?
2: I do, yes. When it's complete, and especially when it's performed, if, if I'm writing it for someone and they hear it and they love it, I, it, it just touches my heart.
0: Well, it sounds like there are, um, I'm going to say some recurring themes and words here, uh, love, passion, permission. You seem, it seems to, a lot of your life seems to be about giving permission to, to do things, which is interesting to me. And, and I think kind of cool mm. that you give yourself permission to do a lot of this stuff.
2: Well, you know, some people don't need it. Um, I grew up, since I was adopted, I think that made me feel like I had to be a good boy. I had to do exactly what my parents wanted all the time, or they would, really, I believe that they would send me back from wherever they got me for a long time. Um, So, yes, I've had to give myself permission because I, I looked to them for permission for things for many, many years. And so I'm really happy that I'm able to give myself permission now. It's very freeing.
0: Well, that is, that is an awesome thing. When you, when you reach that point in a life where you can, you can allow yourself to be free, that is a, a fantastic thing to have reached. Well, John, before we wrap things up here, tell us one more time, when is this concert? The concert is Friday,
2: July 26th. That's the last Friday evening in July. It's at 7.30 p.m. It's at the 1900 uh, office building, actually, uh, in the Parkway Room. That's at the corner of Shawnee Mission Parkway and State Line Road.
0: So, ever all of our listeners, I, get, I am going to give them permission this time. It's okay to leave Lee Summit for this one.
2: Absolutely, and let me tell you who else is on stage with me. I told sure. you about Max, the cellist. Also, Julie, really, do we need
0: to go farther than that? Yes,
2: <laughs> Julia Laskowski is an opera trained soprano, but she has also she can sing anything. She has done several productions uh, of uh, Always Patsy Cline, where she was Patsy Cline. And you would absolutely, if you were not looking at her, if you would think you were hearing Patsy Cline wow. sing. She's incredible. Wow. She's done a lot of musical comedy. This woman can do anything. But she's amazing. And a lot of the music I've written, I've written with her voice in mind. And then uh, David Adams is joining us. He's a tenor, and he lives here in Kansas City and actually has a Grammy Award to his credit. And uh, so he's going to be a great addition. I've never actually concertized with him before, but I'm looking forward to it I'm really excited about it. So the four of us are committed to playing with and for all of you.
0: Well, that sounds incredible. The last thing I want to talk about before you go is that this is a benefit. And we are we are while I'm giving everyone permission to leave Lee Summit for this one event, it's actually going to help uh, some an organization and some kids here in our community. It, this, this is going to benefit Prodeo Youth Center. This is the only youth center in our area. How did how did that connection get made? Well, actually, it was my wife.
2: She um, met Elaine Matcalf, who is the director of the Prodeo Youth Center, and they just became immediate friends. And um, Marilyn and I are both uh, very much into children's education and how important that is. And so... It just became really apparent that uh, the programs that um, Elaine has set up at Prodeo are just amazing and so supportive, in equipping these kids to live prosperous lives. So I just decided that I wanted 20% of the ticket sales to go to Prodeo.
0: Well, that is fantastic, and and we appreciate it. I'm going to say I'm going to speak for everyone in town. We appreciate you taking an opportunity to to support one of our great organizations. One of the tenets of this show is to celebrate and encourage people to be involved and be supportive of our community. So thank you and a good on you for that. John, thank you so much for joining me today, and good luck in the concert. We'll see you then. Thank you. Today's episode of Lee Summit Town Hall is brought to you by Shred KC. Jason, good folks at Shred
1: are they still taking care of you?
0: They are still taking care of me. And look, if you are ready to to kind of flip that switch and and and, and try to get healthy, eat better, get fit, wait, has live the, a little better. Has,
1: has the doctor cleared you to flip a switch with your right arm? No. Yet? Okay. No.
0: No. Well, as long as it's <laughs> under seven pounds. Okay. As long as it's under seven pounds, I can use my right arm to do that. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna say this. I, I've I've lost a good amount of weight. I, I I've got more to go but I feel better, I think I look a little better. I mean, look, as, as, as better as I can look, I mean. You know, there is a I, ceiling. I, I, there's <laughs> there, there are limits to what you can do to fix this. Yes. I mean, there's there's a reason we do an audio format. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but if, you, it, it, if you're if you ready, I think at some point we all kind of hit that where, oh, we're not what we used to be or we're not what we could be. It's time to live healthier. And so these are the people I think that are doing a good job of helping people, not just in Lee Summit, but all around the area. Turn the page and do better. So, go see our friends at a Shred KC. Tell them Jason's next it. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a Link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry, a proud member of the Fredcast Network. You can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at Link to Lee Summit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall